This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. We have such an amazing guest here today who has been on our podcast before. The incredible Caitlin Peabody, licensed marriage and family therapist who works at the Westchester Therapy Group. Kate, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited Kate, to be back. You're our first double dipper. I know. I was you are. Too. You're oh the, God, we've never honored. had... Yes, we've never had a guest on twice. It, that is how amazing you are. You got it. I know. I weaseled my <laughs> way back. <laughs> um, but today's episode is it fucking important. It's important yes. and it's also really important because we've talked a ton about relationships and often in when we have those podcasts and those episodes, we'll say this does not apply to situations of abuse, but we've never really gone into abuse, right? What yeah. is domestic violence? What is abuse? And often all the time people are asking stuff like, um, how do you know if it's emotional abuse? How do you know if it's psychological abuse, right? How does it know if it's money abuse? And so Caitlin, there's a really specific reason of why we wanted you to come talk about this topic. Mm -hmm. yeah. So maybe I'll let you just take it away. Yeah, so um, I domestic violence is something that's really like near and dear to my heart. Um, it's something that's affected my family before. Um, fortunately, I've never had to deal with that personally, but um, it is something that affected my family about 
you know, five years ago, it culminated five years ago, coming up actually. Um, and so uh, my, my cousin, she's actually my second cousin, um, but she was murdered by her estranged husband in January of 2016. Um, and so there's a whole long story, you know, that I'm sure we'll, we'll get into. Um, but yeah, I think that ultimately I, I was in my senior year of college when that happened and that ultimately, you know, I was, I was already accepted into grad school and, and headed towards therapy school. And so that really, um, ignited like a, you know, an anger in me and also like a passion for, for me to like do this work. So, um, I have a good amount of clients right now that we're working real hard to, to recover from that right now. Wow. And were you, were you with, and I know you'll probably get into this, but were you aware that she was in an abusive relationship at the time? I knew, I knew it was abusive at the time. I didn't know it was to the severity. So, you know, she lived out in Ohio. I was in Pennsylvania. Um, we would only see each other every four years at these like, like huge family reunions. And so, um, I wasn't witnessing it firsthand, Mm -hmm. you know, to the extent that her family, her first cousins were, um, but, you know, we would keep in contact over social media and Facebook. Um, and so she would tell me briefly, like when they would be off and on, um, I, I knew that there, it was violent and it was abusive, but uh, they weren't together when, when she was murdered. So that's a whole other thing too. It's an interesting thing you said, right? Which is like, we knew it was bad. We don't know the severity. And I feel like that happens so often, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something that we also struggle with sometimes as bystanders is we have this idea like, I know it's bad and still we can feel so helpless, right? So often we've had clients say to us, I have this friend. I don't think she's in a good situation. Like, what do I do, right? Mm -hmm. Of It's so difficult to know that someone you love is suffering. And also often it's just so incredibly hard for those people to leave. Right. Yeah. I read a statistic one time, takes about seven times to leave before they can actually like fully separate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure that my cousin, her name was Emily, like, I'm sure it was far more than seven, you know, the off and on sort of thing. So, well, and there is like such a greater chance of violence magnifying and increasing once someone leaves, like, right, like for many people leaving is what causes it to get so much worse, which is why so many people are scared to leave. Right. Yeah. And so I'll, I can share a little bit about like what led up to all of that and how it kind of escalated over yeah. time. Um, Will so you tell she, us a little bit about Emily? Oh, I'd be happy to. So um, she was in her mid twenties when she passed, but she was like the most vibrant person. Anybody who knew her loved her. And, and she, her laugh was the most contagious laugh you, you could ever hear. Um, and she, she was just very free spirited, as you can imagine. Um, she has three girls, three daughters, um, one from another father, and then twins from um, her abuser. And she was just hilarious. She was so lively. Um, she was ready to get her 
get her shit together at, at the point that she passed. And I think, um, you know, the world is a sadder place without her in it. Yeah. Wow. So mm-hmm. can you tell us yeah, a little bit about her story? And um, I, I really think, and I know that this, this is very personal for you too, mm-hmm. but I do think, you know, talking about her story is just going to be so helpful for so many people. Yeah. And yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll share a little bit or, you know, as much as I can. So she met him, we believe at a party. Um, and he wasn't her type. He was like this quiet kind of guy. Um, and her mom, you know, just shared with me the other day, like she could just like see it in his eyes that he was not a good person. Um, they got married really quickly because he was in the military. And so he was based in Alaska. And so in order to be together, they had to get married. And so up to Alaska, she went and she, I don't know if this is true or not. This is the story I've gotten, but I don't believe she was allowed to live on base or, or something like that because of her mental because of her bipolar so she she was living in a hotel on base or something along those lines um and at first she moved up there without her daughter um her daughter who was from a different father um and she wasn't really allowed to leave the hotel according to him um she wasn't allowed to leave the room really and he was just very controlling from the beginning. Um, and she wasn't allowed to change her name on social media. She wasn't allowed to post pictures of their you know, wedding. Nobody was at their wedding, um, from my understanding. And um, he, he kind of chalked it up to like, oh, I'm just very private. Um, and so eventually uh, her mom brought her daughter who was under the age of two up to Alaska and to, to go live with them, but it was pretty volatile already. Um, and they lived up there. She ended up getting pregnant with the twins. Um, and then closer to her, you know, maybe like halfway through the pregnancy, she ended up moving back home to Ohio and he stayed in Alaska. And he wouldn't send her money. Like he was getting paid in the military, you get paid more if you are supporting a spouse. And so he was getting paid as a married man, but wasn't sending any money to her. Um, and so they ended up, he ended up getting reprimanded for that because they, um, they shared that with his superior. Um Eventually he moved back. They were going to work on their marriage, that sort of thing. They were breaking up off and on all the time. But actually before he moved back, um, he would call her all hours of the night. There was such a time difference between them. So he would call her in his nighttime. And it's like the middle of the night here. um, And would like accuse her of cheating. Would make, you know, she would have to go wake her mom up to prove that she was home. Um, And, you know, at the same time, she's, pregnant with twins for god's sake and uh, she also had a a child under two at the time or maybe she was two at this point and 
Um, so that was crazy. Um, also when she was living with him up in, up in Alaska, he would dump her meds, her bipolar medication too. She wasn't very consistent with it already, but then he would dump in and she would be off, um, off her meds and, wow, uh, you know, so there, there was just a lot of like cheating accusations when they weren't together. He was very demanding of knowing who she was with, where she was at all times, which is a very, very common, <laughs> common symptom of that or common sign of that. Um, he would just like order her to do a whole lot of things. And then when he would come, you know, when he was home, he would take her phone from her and like keep it from her. He would also text her guy friends even people that she hadn't known or, you know, talked to in years and like say, Hey, come over. Like you want to have sex or like all this stuff. And then accuse her of saying that. And then she would be, you know, she would have no memory of this, but he would gaslight her so bad that she would be convinced. And he, you know, he was even to, able to convince her own parents sometimes of like, did you, you know, did you do this? Did you actually do this? Like, how do you not remember doing this? Like I see the texts um wow really messed up really messed up so um it was just a lot of you know she had to go to treatment sometimes like residential inpatient stuff just because there was sometimes where she's just like can't take this anymore um and he also had his own mental illness stuff um her mom told me like he would just like sit and like hear people that weren't there um like talk to people that weren't there he had a whole lot of stuff going on as well um but one really particularly violent incident um was that he would he eventually moved in to her parents house to you know quote unquote work on their marriage and they got in a he was playing video games and they got in a fight so she took the girls um to out her baby you know her children outside and they were out on the porch and he threw his remote through the glass door and broke the glass and then you know pushed her into the broken glass and like the broken door she was all cut up and everything like that um and then I guess after that at one point he was like kind of like sitting there and rocking and like was like whispering himself to himself like train to kill train to kill train to kill yeah wow yeah so well it's interesting right so like that is such clear physical violence right pushing someone through a glass door but all the stuff leading up to it was I mean you use the word like gaslighting is like this Mm -hmm. psychological terrorism I want to call it psychological emotional abuse that really makes you not trust yourself not see your reality and something we actually had talked about in our episode right with the psychology of cults right of like you convince yourself you're so wrong that this that you know this other person in my life knows better than me right? Mm -hmm. He's telling me I sent these texts. So I guess that I did it. And I think those are the signs that are so much harder for us to differentiate. And it's so much harder for other people to believe. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? (laughs) It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. 
The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. And, and the, the issue with that is that the you know what's especially tough about that is by the time they're gaslighting you, you know, they're gaslighting you the whole time. But the time, by the time that it's like very overt gaslighting and like making you feel crazy, it's the isolation from friends and family. So no one can call out the gaslighting. No one can say, this isn't right. You know, he shouldn't be treating you that way. I was with you that night. You weren't there. You know, you weren't cheating on him or, um, and I, I keep saying her and him, you know, in this situation, obviously, this happens within LGBT um, couples as well. Yes, mm-hmm. in, in all communities. When, and this interesting thing to talk about, which is there's this other part is that when one of the things they do is they isolate you from people around you. Mm-hmm. So then there's also like some hurt and damage in those relationships. So yes. other people are then looking at that lens of like, oh, God, here she is being flaky again because they've been hurt by her actions as well. And yes. then I think people struggle to get over that part of their own emotional reactivity to see like oh no this is a dangerous situation like this person is suffering and they truly truly need help yeah and right and then you know 
for a moment, it seems like, oh, like he pushed me through a glass door. I'm going to leave him for good this time. And then five hours later, you go bail him out of jail. Um, And that's exactly what happened. Um, That was ultimately, so he was going to go to jail for that. He was going to get sentenced for that domestic violence incident. He got arrested for that. Um, And over time, you know, eventually she, she was advised to get a protection order, bailed him out, you know, that happens more frequently than we'd like to admit. Um, And so, you know, in between him getting arrested for that and, um, you know, what happened in that January, he also would like, she would, you know, threaten to leave him. Eventually she did get a protective order. Um, and he would like try to go look and find her and like where he thought she might be. So he showed up at the house, you know, demanding to, uh, talk to her. If she wasn't there, he would be like, I want my, you know, I want my children, tried to take the twins. Um, that didn't happen fortunately, but, um, he eventually like ended up at one of her friend's apartments where she actually wasn't even there, but he like threw a brick through the window of her friend's apartment trying to like find her um and then I don't remember how many oh it's two weeks before her murder he raped somebody at a party and so he got arrested for that and because of like county law versus state law her Emily's civil protection order wasn't recognized in another county because the rape happened in a different county and so they didn't see the civil protection order that she had on him so his his bail was set for the rape much lower than it should have been had they known about the civil protection order so somebody bailed him out um and he eventually he was supposed to be sentenced for the domestic violence incident with the glass door on January 8th, 2016. And he convinced her um, to bring the twins over. Like she still had to see, you know, a civil protection order. Um, But he convinced her to bring them over to see them, to spend time with them before he went to jail. And she dropped them off. Um, I think he was living with his mom or his grandmother at the time. And she dropped them off and, uh, you know, went home. She was supposed to pick them up at a certain time, but just got like this weird maternal instinct in her gut and was like, I need to go get them right now. I'll be home at whatever time and told her mom, I'll be home at, you know, whatever time. And she showed up. She got the twins early. She basically said, it's over. We're, we're never, you're never going to see these girls again. And he shot her. Um, the twins were in, she was in the front seat of her car, the driver's seat of her car. The twins were in the back seat. And he shot her while she was sitting in the car. Um, and that was the day before he was supposed to go to jail for um, pushing her, you know, pushing her onto the broken glass. So, um, yeah, it was horrible obviously um and so just brings up a lot of a lot of issues with our justice system you know that the the issue between counties 
um, you know, the fact that he had a gun and he was mentally ill, just, you know, he got, he got, he got kicked out of the military for a failed drug test. Um, and that's why he came home. Um, and yet, you know, he's here and she's not. So he got sentenced to 23 to life. Um, it was a second degree murder charge because they couldn't prove that it was premeditated. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm mm-hmm. I mean, Kate, I'm wondering for you, you're a therapist. One of our jobs as a therapist is often working with people who are in the midst of this, right? That we sometimes, I'm wondering what that is like for you. Yeah. Hearing this incredibly powerful story of Emily. I think, I think the most difficult part is like we, myself, my family, we are on the outside of it now it's not happening right now and so hindsight's 2020 um it's it's so easy for me now to see oh this is what the cycle is um this is how it can end but when you're in it when you are the one in it it's that's not visible to you and so it's takes a lot of patience really to obviously not allow my like want to shake them and be like run now obviously I want I want to do that um but also to give them the space of like maybe their family isn't as supportive as Emily's family was um at least you know her mom her dad um not all of our extended family was always the most supportive at times um and so you know having that place where to to almost like normalize it's it's hard for me to like say it's okay that you miss him it's okay that you're sad um because obviously you know my my own like personal anger towards abusers is still there I can't you know we're taught to be a blank slate but like that doesn't exist no, right. like, it doesn't. Right. So, You're human. Yeah. And so I think, but also because I have personal experience with it, not firsthand, like not directly, but having that happen in my life and seeing that happen, I think gives me a different kind of empathy towards it of like, this isn't just like a, oh, he cheated on me. I'm, I'm out. Cause even that's not a black and white decision. Right. Right. But the understanding of like, you might be so isolated and I might be the only one who will actually listen to you and be patient with you while you figure this out on your own. Like, that's what, like, I feel like my role is in that. So. And I mean, just for you to go through that with your cousin Mm -hmm. and to be able to be there for, you know, anyone who's in these abusive relationships where they are isolated and they don't have the space. And I can imagine that in some abusive relationships, like they aren't, um, that the control goes as far as them not being able to go to therapy or them having to hide the fact that they go to therapy. Does that ever play out for you? Um, I think, you know, the, the, obviously I wouldn't, meet with the people who aren't allowed to go to therapy. I think what 
um, what the abuser is so good at is controlling in such a way of like the coercion, like coercive control, which is basically like convincing you that you want what they want. And so mm. you don't need therapy. You're not, you know, this is your fault. You need to figure it out. Um, they don't want somebody to come to therapy and say, and for the therapist to be like, uh, that's abusive. Right. 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 Um, also the other, the other part of that is like, okay, do, does this person work and have health insurance? You know, the, the abused person, the victim, the survivor, right? Like, do they have health insurance where they could go see a therapist? Do they have the financial access to go see a therapist? Right. Like, cause you either need healthcare or you need finances. Yeah. Right. right. Like, right. And so, um, and, and, and the services that, you know, are very low cost or, or free aren't always the most reliable too. Um, there are plenty of resources out there for domestic violence victims, but you know, just uh, some free services aren't always um, as good as they should be. So, well, and I also would imagine there's like the paranoia around it of like, right. Usually we find a service through Google, right? Like usually we're sitting mm-hmm. and we're like finding something online. And then there's the fear of like, what if that person walks in while I'm looking this up? Right. Or what if, yes. you know, I know many places, um, like if you go to a lot of domestic abuse websites where they specifically do this, they'll have a little button on it that, that brings you right back to a different page. So just in case you're in that situation, like the, like that's a thing that happens, right? So a lot of these places have actually installed those type of things, but it, it's still, it's so scary to do, right? Because then there's also this other thing where this person has told you that they're the only one who can love you like this and they're the only one who gets you and no yeah. one else in your life understands. And then you have this really traumatic loyalty right right so what that Mm -hmm. is and I think that really fucks with our identity and that really fucks with us Mm -hmm. and I think there's there's a lot of you know shame too that comes from people who end up in abusive relationships they question themselves like I'm you know so smart or so intelligent like how could I end up in a relationship like this and yeah. Kate you mentioned the cycle of abuse yeah um, which really sucks people in can you speak mm-hmm. to that a little bit yeah absolutely so you know not it doesn't start with you know your first date someone getting physical with you and if it does you don't tend to last very long in that relationship what what happens most commonly is that there's like a calm before the storm or like over time like tension builds and the the abuser starts getting jealous or they start um, getting they're just really irritable and it's kind of walking on eggshells around them and the victim just starts placating, right? So I'm, yeah, sure, I'll answer your call at 3.30 in the morning. Um, or sure, I'll, I'll call in sick to work today to spend my whole day with you. Or sure, I'll take a picture of exactly where I am and send you, you know, keep you seeing my location. Um, and then over time, the tension builds and it builds and eventually there's an incident, in which case there's an explosion of anger, there's, there might be physical violence, there's arguing, intimidation, uh, a lot of blaming going on. Um, you know, whether that gets physical or not, 
you know, it's still abusive, even if it's not physical. Um, and, you know, there's obviously like name calling or like belittling or just a lot of like contempt. And then yeah. after that incident, um, it there's this reconciliation that goes on where it can go many different ways where maybe the abuser apologizes maybe they deny that it even happened and they're like oh well they minimize and like it wasn't as bad as you think like I didn't just throw you to the ground like you fell you tripped um there's excuses there's like well you made me do that right and so um then once that's done the there's a calm again and so there's no fighting. Everything's better. Like, he's not going to do that to me anymore. She's not going to do that to me anymore. Um, the, the incident gets forgotten because it's not conducive to us staying together. Um, and there's that honeymoon stage where we're so in love and the high, high. And then, you know, here comes another low, low. And what keeps people, and then, you know, then the tensions start to build again. Thus, the cycle goes on. And what keeps people in this cycle is the, the incident, the, like what happens between the incident and the recon- reconciliation is that you, the victim feels so small, so isolated, so ashamed that they are susceptible and suggestible to whatever the abuser has to say mm-hmm. about why it happened, about what's going to happen after that it's going to be better they're never going to do that again or it was all your fault you need to not make me this angry again um and so thus they go deeper into Mm. the cycle of abuse and it becomes more tightly wound because they're so vulnerable at that point that makes so much sense and it sounds like Mm -hmm. you know as they're kind of broken down their sense of self is broken down over time right um and they feel more and more dependent on the abuser in a lot of ways right making it but you know and also as they're isolating them as they're maybe depriving them of sleep so that they don't necessarily remember some of these events right mm-hmm. um that it makes it harder and harder and harder to be able to do that reality testing by yourself because you're so in it and it's so hard to see outside of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and being isolated from friends and family, it makes it that much harder to do that reality testing. And so over time, it really sucks you into it. And it sounds like Kate, a lot of your work in therapy is helping people to do that reality testing, to be able to slowly reflect that back to them so that they can see the cycle of abuse in their relationship. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair 
cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Right. I think it's really important that they, you know, they recognize what it looks like first. And so, you know, I know you guys talk a lot about like insight awareness action. So first you have to have the insight of like, this is what has been happening and this is what's going to continue to happen because that calm doesn't last forever. And so even if they're still in the relationship, getting to a place where like, oh, we're in a calm period right now. And then, okay, I'm starting to notice tension building. And then, oh, there was an incident last week, but I was able to see, you know, the lines that he uses after of it's not going to happen again. Like it wasn't actually that bad. You can start to build awareness as it's happening. And so thus you start to gain back your sense of self over time of, oh, like I can, I can see this more from a bird's eye view than like in the trenches of it all. Mm -hmm. And you know, anyone can end up in an abusive relationship. I think that's really important to note because I think there's a misconception about the types of people who end up in abusive relationships because it can actually happen to, you can be very intelligent. You can be very self-aware. You can have all of the resources. Anyone can end up in an abusive relationship. And I think that's really important to say. Sure. You can have the most supportive family in all the world. Yes. Yeah. And yet there's, there's something about this person that just draws you in and it's their charm. It's their narcissism. It's their yeah, it's their it's their game that can can fool anybody really. 
I'm wondering what you guys think about um, that. That's an interesting thing, right? So we sit here and say like anyone can end up in an abusive, high control situation. Why do you think it is that we think that we can't? Right? Like, what is it about that, like, go to this place of, like, that would never happen to me or, like, this isn't real. Like, he wouldn't do this to me. This is an abuse. Right? Like, there's, like, this one part where we minimize and gaslight ourselves and this other part where it's, like, this can't happen to me. Emily's case, um, she was, she always saw the good in people. Like, she, and that was, you know, ultimately her fatal flaw to, to, for lack of a better word, where it's like she wanted so badly to help him because he was struggling with his own mental health issues. And she was saying to him, you know, you need help, you need help. And, you know, one one detail of that is like he said that, that in his confession, um, that she was the only one who loved me enough to tell me that I needed help. Um, so she wanted so badly to see the good and it's I think what what loved ones fail to understand about the situation is like it's not all bad right like abusive relationships aren't all bad I mean the abusive relationship obviously shouldn't be in it but not every moment is a bad moment yeah, there's so, moments where like they're loving on you and kissing on you and give you oh, presents yeah. and they're sweet mm-hmm. and they're charismatic, right? There's mm-hmm. a ton of good shit that keeps you in. And you, right. Right, you keep trying to get back to that point, to that exactly. honeymoon phase. Exactly. And part of you, that, that the optimism in you, the, the hopefulness in you um, wants to believe that you guys can get back to that point and stay there. And that, you know, it's it's going to be better after this or um but going back to like you know the loved ones they don't they fail to recognize that there is good and so they don't say I understand there have been good times you know I I believe you when you say that like he's not all bad right but this cycle will never stop and so I believe that there is a calm I believe that there's reconciliation. Right. You know. And I wonder if if that ability for for family members to almost meet their loved one where they are to be able to say I understand there's a reason why you're in this relationship, right? And like once again this is similar to the episode on cults that we spoke about. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of overlap. There's a so ton of overlap. There's a ton of overlap yeah. here, right? And so we talked about yeah, it's like a two-person just, cult. It's a exactly. relationship. Exactly. It's, this is what exactly. the relationship is. So, so for family members to be able to say, like, I understand, you know, how much you love them. I understand um, that at that point you're meeting them where they are in the relationship to help guide them in a way without pushing them further into the relationship, right? Yeah. Like, once you get angry at that person for being in the relationship then they end up turning towards the relationship. Well, this is the only person I can lean on now. This is the only person I can rely on. And it further isolates your loved one to get angry at them for being in the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, in talking to her mom, she was saying, you know, like so many people had just, you know, she, she was like, I was the only one who was never going to give up on her. 
You know, I can't say that for everybody else. Um, and, and Emily knew that. Um, and so that's what, where she was at at that point was she knew that people loved her and that they were going to support her. Um, and then, you know, he just got his, his claws in her one, one last time and, and convinced her with, with the children. And I think that's a whole other part of it too, is like, what happens when you have children together? Yeah. What, um, I don't believe that his name was on the birth certificate. Um, and so I don't think he had rights for them, uh, but he was still their father. And mm-hmm. so you, you play that guilt card, you play that empathy card, that, that good in her, she wanted to have them see their dad before he went to jail for harming mom. Right, right. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's when that all happened, so... I feel like we could talk about this subject for forever and it's such an insanely important subject. And I was also hoping we could make sure we talk a little bit more about the emotional abuse side of it, because I think that is just so hard for people to identify Mm -hmm. like, okay, what would you say are like really specific signs? Like let's say someone is listening to this and they're not really sure Sure. if they're being emotionally abused. Could you give us some information there? Yeah. So the controlling the emotional abuse isn't like a one-time thing right like in the beginning of a relationship let's say your partner in his last her his or her last relationship was comfortable name calling and they they call you a name one time in the beginning of a relationship you're like oh hell no right like you set that boundary and that doesn't happen again right like obviously that's not pleasant behavior but if they respect your boundaries and I wouldn't go as far to say like they're an emotionally abusive partner but there's other you know it's it's purposeful it's it's intentional the behavior when it's emotional abuse um and it takes place over time it's not every moment of every day and so it eventually gets to a point where one person has power and control over the other person um and it can look like a a lot of different things so obviously the isolation that we talked about. Um, It can look like stalking and control of your time management. So like, oh, it usually takes you 10 minutes to come home from work, but you were gone, you know, it was 15 between the time that I, you know, you called me saying you were coming home and the time you walked in, like, what are you doing in those five minutes? Um, Or just, no, you can't go see your friends tonight. Or no, you can't leave the house while I'm at work. Um, it can look like really controlling and and severe monitoring of, uh, social media and texts and calls, um, telling you what you can wear, where you can go, who you can see, what you can do, um, control sleep. I think we, we mentioned that earlier, like, you know, with, with Emily and, um, her abuser, he would call her you know, in the middle of the night to make sure and, and keep her up too. Um, because he couldn't handle the fact of not her not responding. He would just call and call and call and call. Um, you know, constantly putting you down, controlling your money. Uh, another one, like food and weight. So like telling you you're overweight, like you need to lose X amount of pounds. You, you're not allowed to eat that. Like you're going to get fat or um 
you know, that uh, starving them or, um, you know, monitoring like how many calories they're allowed to eat per day. Um, you know, another physical act that isn't towards, towards the person, but like damage to their property, right? Like breaking their things and like um, ripping it up or like damaging their clothes, right? Um, whether they ruin their clothes, set their clothes on fire, like it could be a whole, a whole spectrum of things. Um, and then, you know, just like preventing them from working, preventing them from access to transportation. And in one example, when Emily was in Alaska in the hotel, he wouldn't allow her to open up the curtains and like allow daylight in. And in Alaska, it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> and she had, you know, she had a mood disorder. And so, and he dumped her meds. And he dumped her meds. And so, living in a hotel room, not allowed to leave the hotel room in the dark, mm. no meds, no nothing. Like you can imagine how that would have somebody's head up a little bit. Absolutely, and and almost, you know, start the cycle of I can't trust myself because I know that my mental health isn't good. Right. But there's a control of that of, okay, well, if you're not sleeping and you're not eating and you're not seeing daylight. Socializing. Socializing. Yeah. Like you have, you have an infant, you know what I mean? Like all and of you're these pregnant. things. Yeah. And you're pregnant. Like how, right. right. All of these things could send anyone into a spiral and not trust themselves in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, that, already started off that that cycle of control sure and I I think the gaslighting is the is the biggest you know umbrella term of it all it's just like basically convincing you that your reality is not true that you are crazy that their reality is the truth and yours isn't um something as basic as like saying something really nasty and then when you say like I don't like it that you said that or the way that you said that to me saying I didn't do that right right like what are you talking about just something as basic as that can be gaslighting or you made me do that right and I think the one thing that I I share with clients is like okay these people want to be in so much control but yet it's so selective when they're saying you made me hit you you made me damage this property you made me monitor your actions and so they're relinquishing the control in a way that's convenient for them right and so like all of a sudden they don't have control Right. Yeah. Right. So like, it's and, not my fault. Right. And Kate wrote an amazing blog post yes. about we're this repost. that we're, we are going to post it because I think it really kind of highlights all of the ways that abuse isn't just physical, that it's also emotional and how that plays out. Um, and I think it, it just is going to be helpful to so many people who yeah. maybe are questioning this and, and really want to know if they might be in an abusive relationship or if maybe a loved one is in an abusive relationship. So we're definitely going to to post that so that people have yeah. that podcast. And I think we'll also post the domestic violence hotline on the, yes. the, the notes of this episode on all of our um, social media and do some follow-up there. Yeah. Because this it's is really the, important. The and, one... and Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I said this conversation has to keep happening. So we're just going to keep posting about it. (laughs) Yeah. So the the hotline website, um, it's called thehotline.org, as basic as it gets. Um, And they do have like a little blurb when you first log in of you, this is going to be on your history. Are you comfortable with that? Mm -hmm. Um, And so they also have 
they have the phone number on there, which is 1-800-799-SAFE. Um, and they also have a chat feature as well that's 24-7 confidential and, and free. Um, so that's accessible to everybody. So Okay, wonderful. Kate, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. We and really... We- Really appreciate it. Well, and I would say, please thank Emily's mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. For allowing you to tell the story. I know you checked in with her earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a moment, let's just take a minute to think about Emily. Because she sounds really phenomenal. Yeah. And I yeah, wish the world got to know great. her for longer. And and the, the most beautiful thing about it is like her daughters are one spitting images of her uh-huh. and also especially her oldest daughter is like like the exact same person just the same vibrancy energy wow. just that girl has so much energy like you wouldn't even believe um wow yeah and and so strong and active and everything like that so um wow. but thank you guys for letting me share this it's thank really you. really important for me that you know people understand like this can happen to anybody mm-hmm. and it's not just black eyes and bruises and you know broken bones it's it's a lot deeper a lot more invisible mm-hmm. than than that so okay. um Kate where could people find you so you can find me on the Westchester Therapy Group website um I also have an Instagram that I barely use honestly <laughs> uh therapy with Kate at therapy well it'll be tagged in on our instagram yes um and so that's yeah that's where you can find me i'm not very amazing on social media but, <laughs> but if you're interested okay. <laughs> but if you're interested in working with caitlin peabody lmft you can check her out at www.wctherapygroup.com at therapy with kate um reach out to us and we'll make sure that you get connected kate thank you for being here thank you so and much. today today we'll be living in memory of emily thank you so much